everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Today is episode 513. My name is Heidi St. John, and you have found me at my little corner of the internet. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about generational parenting and what it means to have a vision for parenting your children into the next generation. So not just the generation that you're parenting, but a generation one, two, three, four generations even removed. So I hope you guys are encouraged today by what God is doing. I believe that God wants to start a movement of parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, anyone who has influence in the life of a child, back to the Word of God. This is the heart behind the book, Becoming Momstrong, that releases today in bookstores everywhere. So if you haven't gotten your copy of Becoming Momstrong, hop on over to Barnes & Noble, run on out and get it. You can find it at pretty much any major uh, book retailer today. So we're excited that, uh, for actually, I'm thrilled beyond words for the release of Becoming Momstrong. I hope it encourages and blesses you. So a couple of days ago, um, I wanted, I saw something and I, I posted about it actually on my Facebook page. And it's an interesting article. Some of you guys may have seen it. Uh, I got this actually off of Women You Should Know, but it's something I saw about a year ago, I believe. The first time I saw this was in September of 2016, but it is the cover of Girls Life magazine. And the, the headline reads, I'm just going to read it to you. The headline reads, Appalled Graphic Designer Shows Girl Life, Girls Life Magazine What Their Cover Should Look Like. And I thought to myself, this is a big deal because what kind of a message are we sending our girls right now uh, in Girls Life magazine? Um, it's, oh, I know you guys can't see this, so I'll just read it to you. You can actually see the article on my Facebook page, and I'll link back to it in the show notes at the end of the podcast. But I love this uh, this woman who was just appalled at the cover of Girls Life magazine, and she said, "So here's some of the headlines that are that made the cover for uh, a magazine that is marketed to girls between the ages of say 12 and 15." Uh, or 10 and 15. Fashion you'll love, 100 ways to slay on the first day. Let's do it. Slay on the first day. Wake up pretty, your best year ever, your dream hair, um, buy drama, the friendship rules uh, that hashtag squads swear by. What the heck? Anyway, the new denim checklist uh, and quiz, are you ready for a BF? And then confidence, my first kiss, real girls, smooch and spill. Little on the horrifying side. So this is great. So this uh, graphic designer gets kind of appalled and she's like, why is this the message that we're sending to our young girls? So she redesigns the cover of Girls Life magazine. And instead of fall fashion, you'll love the headline reads girls doing good, a hundred ways to help others in your community. And the girl that's on the cover, instead of uh, Olivia Holt, uh, you know, looking like she's 26 and uh, ready to find herself a husband. There's a picture of Olivia Hallisley, who was the 2015 Google Science Fair Grand Prize winner. And then they said uh, right next to it, you could be next, right? They're trying to encourage these girls that there's more to life when you're 10 and 12 and 14 and 16 than uh, looking for a boy and trying to make sure your hair looks good. I love that. Nothing wrong with making sure your hair looks good, but I kind of wonder if we're not shooting our kids off in the wrong direction. I love this too. Uh, instead of it says confessions on the on the real issue it says confessions, my first kiss, real girls smooch and spill, and they took that around and said instead of confessions, they said confidence, my first miss, miss the big shot and still win. I love this. They're telling these girls, listen, you. There's so much in life that you can succeed at, and we're gonna uh, shoot our arrows off in the right direction instead of uh, by drama. They say, why drama? 
(laughs) Instead of the new denim checklist, they say the new dreamer checklist, get ready to live your dreams. Uh, I love this. Um, Instead of wake up pretty, they say wake up hungry, question mark, healthy foods to power you through your rough days. And instead of best year ever, um, it says best you ever be yourself, work hard and get better grades. And I was just like, woot, woot. Hallelujah. I'm ready for that. I uh, I think it's important for parents, and I've been talking about this. This is the heart of becoming mom strong, is to encourage parents back to a place of strength that comes from the Word of God as we parent our children. And I think more than ever, this is going to be something that, that we're going to need in the years to come. And one of the things that I noticed uh, as we as we shepherd our kids right now, is this generation of parents are being asked to answer questions that 26 years ago when I became a mother, we didn't even think about uh, answering because they just, they were kind of like, duh, of course, that's not even a question. This is established fact. But now parents are being asked to answer these really difficult questions. And I want to just encourage mothers, we can't give our kids what we don't have. We can't give our kids what we don't have. So I had the opportunity uh, not too long ago to uh, speak to uh, my church family about a multi-generational vision for parenting. And basically what I want to tell parents is you have, and, and not just parents, if you are listening to this and you have a child in your life on some level, then you have responsibility to impart truth and strength to that child. The Bible says that God has a multi-generational vision for us. Everybody talks about, um, everybody talks about you know Deuteronomy and how the Bible says in Deuteronomy that we are to teach two generations, right? Your children and your children's children. But I want you to listen for just a minute to the multi-generational vision that's described by the psalmist Asaph. So in Psalm 78, and if you haven't read this psalm, you should totally do it. In Psalm 78, verse 5, like halfway through verse 5 to verse 7, um, the psalmist um, tells us that we don't just influence two generations, We influence four generations. So I want to put, let's put ourselves in the roles of the ancestors that Asaph mentioned. So I'm going to read this to you, and then I'll go back and sort of unpack it a little bit. Uh, Psalm 78, 5b through 7 says, He commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they, in turn, would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. And on Monday on the podcast, we talked a little bit about how many generations it takes uh, to lose the culture. How many generations does it take uh, to wind up with kids who are burning down uh, uh, protest, you know, burning things down? in protest at Berkeley University. How long does it take to lose a generation? And according to the Bible, it only takes one generation. I think this is so fascinating. Uh, so let's let's go back to it just a little bit. So I'm going to read it to you again. So he commanded our ancestors to teach their children, there's one generation, so that the next generation, that there's two, would know them, even children, even the children yet to be born, there's three, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. I think some of the things that we do uh, just inadvertently is that we think um, the job of training and teaching children can be better done by somebody else, somebody who's more educated, somebody who has um, more experience than we think we do. And I think young mothers in particular, young families are prone to believing that someone else can do it better. And listen, I get it because I became a mother at 21 years old and I came from an abusive home and I had absolutely no idea 
how I was going to be a good mother, and I had all kinds of issues I needed to work through. But I'm here to tell you, uh, women, and I want this truth to sink deep down into your heart, that God says in His Word that He will help you, and He will give you the strength that you need. And that is the heart behind uh, becoming mom strong. That's the heart behind everything that we should be doing as Christians. So if you're a grown-up, and you're listening to this right now, listen up, because God isn't silent on the issues that we're facing. I keep hearing people saying that the Bible is antiquated, that if Christians would just let go of the Word of God, that the culture would be more ready to accept uh, Christianity. But the Bible says that God doesn't change, that the Bible says in Isaiah that the grass will wither and the flower will fade, but the Word of God will stand forever. So if you want to know what the Bible says about male and female, just go to Mark. But the Bible says that in the beginning, God created us male and female in his image. If you want to know what God has to say about creation, go to the book of Genesis. The Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the next time you're with your kids and you see some, I mean, y'all in the South, listen, you guys have heard me say this before. I respect you so much. The South is like, Jurassic Park Insect Edition, but it's also one of the best places in the world to uh, study and look at and appreciate God's creation. God said that he gave He gave thought to his creation, and the Bible outlines the days of creation and what God did when. Everything that God has done has been done for a purpose and had a plan from the beginning of time. And we need to be able to pass this message on to our children. You want to know what God says about marriage? Read Genesis 2. The Bible says that for this reason, a man should leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and the two should become one flesh. You want to know what, what God has to say? The Creator, we should, we should know what God has to say about His creation. Because it makes sense, right, that if God created us, then he should know the best thing for us. You know, years ago, and I tell the story at uh, conferences, and I know some of you have heard me, so you'll forgive me for saying it again. Uh, but years ago, I had the opportunity to uh, be sitting next to a very well-educated and very, actually, wonderful guy uh, on a flight to Tennessee. And we were talking about uh, just life, and I was kind of hoping not to talk about anything that um, seemed even remotely um, I don't know, even remotely controversial. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Because I was thinking, uh, once this guy finds out that I have seven children, well, first of all, I had work to do on the plane. So I was wearing my headphones, you know, around my neck, which as everyone knows is kind of the universal sign for don't talk to me. Because <laughs> I was like, you know, six hours by myself on an airplane. This is going to be amazing. I'm going to get something done. Nobody's going to ask me for a drink of water. Someone's going to offer me peanuts and pretzels and cookies. It's going to be great. And uh, this, and so I thought, well, I, I don't want to talk about uh, homeschooling because then people think you're insane. And I don't want to tell, I don't want to talk about the fact that I have seven children because, well, then people think you're crazy. So I'm sitting there talking to this gentleman and we were just exchanging, you know, pleasantries and introductions. And he says to me, uh, so what are you doing? You know, I'm going to speak at a women's conference. And so I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go um, speak at a women's conference. And he goes, oh, what are you, what are you talking about? And I was, I kind of hedged the question a little bit. And I was like, you know, stuff, <laughs> speaking about stuff. He said, what kind of stuff? And I said, well, you know, motherhood. And I said, I have a passion for moms just to encourage mothers. And he goes, oh, really? Do you have children? And I thought to myself, St. John, you walked right in. You walked right into that. I said, yes, um, I do have, I do have children. And I sort of dropped it, you know, drinking my Pepsi. And uh, he said, um, how many children do you have? And I said, um, you know, seven. 
crickets. And he was like, oh, my word, you have seven children. He said, I didn't think that people in Portland were still doing that. (laughs) I was like, yep, (laughs) a couple of us are still doing that. And what's more, uh, apparently we're we're enjoying ourselves uh, because I actually really love uh, my children and really love having them. And he goes, he goes, you must be uh, exhausted. You know, where do your kids go to school? And I was like, that's it. You know, the, the conversation is now officially over. So I took off my headphones and put them under my seat. And I said, you know, we homeschool our kids. And he was like, I'm sorry, you homeschool your children? He said, do you mind if I ask you some questions? Well, so we spent the next five hours talking about everything from race relations in the United States to uh, and around the world, even to uh, to abortion, to schooling, to parenting. And why did I think it was so important? And I said, listen, the reason I think that it's so important, and this is what I want you to hear. This is why I'm so passionate about this podcast. Uh I want you to hear that having a creator changes everything. And if we believe that we have a creator, and I do because I believe that the word of God is true. Someone said to me not that long ago, he said, you know, I cannot believe that you are so antiquated and old-fashioned and ignorant as to believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. And I said, honestly, I believe weirder things than that. (laughs) I believe that a snake spoke to a woman in a garden crickets again, right? Because the truth is, there's some things in the Bible that are kind of hard to wrap our brain around. But God says that they're true. And I believe that the word of God is true. And every word the Bible says that's written in the word will prove true. And so whether you're a mother or an aunt or a sister or someone's daughter or you're a teacher, you have influence in the life of a child and you have a responsibility according to the word of God to speak what is true. To speak what is true. So as we, we we continued having this conversation, I just told him, I said, listen, I said, I'm I'm watching the sun come up, you know, over the city of Portland as we're heading east. And I said, I've been to the Portland Zoo and I've seen all the animals in the Portland Zoo, right? We've seen the hissing Madagascar cockroaches and the tarantulas in the insect exhibit. And we've seen uh, the American uh, wolf. And we actually, I had a cougar in my front yard just a couple of uh, weeks ago. And we see penguins and elephants and giraffes. And I said, I just cannot believe that that all that there was some big bang or they crawled out from some primordial ooze somewhere and that became a hissing Madagascar cockroach and that became a zebra and that became a monkey and this became a tarantula and that became a gray whale and you became you and I became me. I just can't believe it. I said, can you believe that? And he said, I'm having a harder time, right? Because it takes faith to believe In the theory of evolution, I choose not to believe it. I choose to believe that I was made in the image of God because that's what the Bible says about me. And these are the truths, uh, Christian men and women, that we want to pass on to our children. We have to believe that what God says is true. And if we believe that we have a creator, having a creator should change everything because our creator knows what's best for his creation, right? And we want our kids to have this truth sunk down so deep into them that when someone uh, challenges them, they're neither threatened by it or feel put down by it, but rather they have an opportunity to speak truth to the next person that God brings into their life. You want to know what the Bible says about parenting? Turn to Proverbs. The Bible says in Proverbs 22 that we should train up our children in the way that they should go. The Bible speaks to singleness. Basically, he says, you know, Paul said, dude, single is good. Because being married is difficult. Having a family, a lot of work. If you can be single, do it. What does the Bible say about alcohol? Read Romans 13, where uh, Paul says, quit getting drunk. 
knock it off. I, I think a lot of us can agree that drunkenness never actually ends up well, right? Particularly if it becomes a pattern in our life. What does God say about children? In Psalm 127, he says, children are a gift from the Lord like arrows in the hands of a warrior. So that makes you, mom, who's listening to this, that makes you a warrior for your children. The Bible says that your children have been given to you as a gift like an arrow in the hand of a warrior. Wow. It turns out that God has a lot to say about the issues that we are facing in this nation right now. And we are a nation. I said this to Georgine Rice on her radio show yesterday. We are a nation in crisis. We are a church in spiritual crisis because in many uh, aspects, we've uh, set aside truth on the altar of mercy. And sometimes we set aside mercy on the altar of truth, right? And neither one of those places are places where God wants us to be. He wants us to be able to live This is so important to live in the tension between truth and grace. And there is a tension, but we know we can navigate it because Jesus did it. And God said that he'll give us the strength that we need for the journey. And so this is the heart behind Becoming Mom Strong. It's my heart that this book does more than just encourage moms. And there's lots of funny stories in it and lots of, you know, epic failures. And I get to tell the story about my the the time that my uh, three-year-old, well, she's now 26, but she was then three, uh, decided to uh, wet her pants in the middle of uh, Oregon Craft and Floral in the cake decorating aisle and then actually splash in it. And I realized at that point, I'm in over my head here. <laughs> right? Motherhood is going to humble you, but it's worth it. It's worth every ounce of energy that you put into it. Your children are worth it. If you want your children to have a vibrant prayer life, let them see you have a vibrant prayer life. If you want to see your children trust the Lord, no matter what their circumstances, this is certainly something that we have been uh, uh, dealing with as a family right now because of what we've been going through with Bobby. And we realize, oh my goodness, when the chips are down and something really bad happens, really bad that we always say, oh man, I don't know what I would do in that circumstance. Can I just tell you right now that God's word says, and his word is true, that he will never leave you nor forsake you, that he is actually near to the brokenhearted. And I have experienced that nearness in my own life. And I know every person listening to this who has ever gone through something that has broken their heart, if you know the Lord, you know the closeness that I'm talking about. If we want our children you want your nieces and nephews. This is not just for mothers. It's for grandmothers. This is Remember, I, I was just telling you about the psalmist Asaph who said, it's a four-generation uh, uh, charge that, that we've been given. Because the influence that uh, you have in the life of your child is really what you're doing right now, you guys, is you're shepherding and parenting your grandchildren's parents. Let that sink in, <laughs> right? There are days when I'm just like, man, I hope my kids forget about this day. I hope that they don't, I hope that this is a trait that they don't pass on. And it is incumbent upon me to say, Lord, help me. I can't pass on to my children what I don't possess myself. So if we want our children to stand for truth and righteousness, if you want your grandchildren to have an impact in the culture, let them see you having an impact in the culture. Do you want the next generation to know the Lord? Shout it from the rooftops that you know the Lord. Listen, we have, we've been redeemed. We've been redeemed. We've been, we, we have a hope. We have a hope. I mean, thank goodness this world isn't all there is, right? I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward uh, to heaven. And I want to live like I believe that God's word is true, and I do. So if we want the next generation to love like Jesus, we need to love like him too. I said this on the podcast on Monday, and I'm going to wrap this up in just a couple of minutes uh, for today's uh, episode. But I said on the podcast the other day, one of my favorite songs ever written by a guy named Steve Camp, uh, one of the lines in it is, don't tell them 
Jesus loves them until you're ready to love them too. And I think our children need to see us loving like Jesus does. We don't want to sacrifice truth on the altar of mercy, but we don't want to slide over here into this legalistic, harsh tones where love isn't heard because we're so concerned with truth. Jesus is calling us, God's calling us to live in the tension between truth and grace. If we want our children to be able to discern right from wrong and to be able to walk in that truth and grace, then we need to be men and women of the word. The reason why I titled the book Becoming Mom Strong is because so much of what we're doing in the culture right now is a process. It's becoming. None of us ever wakes up and gets there. We become more like Jesus. We become better parents. We become better witnesses. We become better disciples, better followers of Jesus, hopefully as we're growing in the Lord. And I know that uh, that we're up against a lot. The culture is up against uh, a lot right now because so many uh, Christians have laid down their witness and said, well, it really doesn't matter. We're just going to blend in. And when the culture tells you to stand down in the life of your child, I just want to encourage you, don't stand down, stand up. Stand up for your children. Your children are worth it. Tell your children the truth of God's word. When they come home from school and they ask you tough questions and you don't know how to answer those questions, go before the Lord in prayer and seek him and get into his word. And God will tell you, he will show you the answers for your children. I'm going to come back on Friday, and we're going to be talking a little bit about um, how to overcome uh, some of the the pain that we've been through in our life. So if you're a grown-up, I'm going to come back to my point. If you're a grown-up, listen up, because we are called to grow no matter what circumstances we come from. I want to encourage you out of a place of wallowing in whatever you've gone through in your past, whether it's a, an accident. I think about this a lot with my nephew, a, f- a financial failure, loss, rejection, bankruptcy, divorce, a sin in your life, abuse. If you've come from abuse, some of you have come from poverty. Some of you have been imprisoned and God wants to give you freedom. I love uh, I love the song that says, um, if you got chains, he's a, he's a chain breaker. He's a way maker. He's a pain taker. That is the God that we serve. And so often uh, when we come from a place of being criticized or persecuted or we go through difficult circumstances, we can become self-consumed instead of gospel consumed. And we can become quiet instead of become even more outspoken for Christ. And I think for our children, for this generation of kids, they need to know that we not only say that we believe in God, but we but we live it every day by the by the example that God gives us, by the example that we that we give to others of what God has done in our life. So that really is my heart for you. I appreciate you guys listening on the podcast. Uh, we are now almost up to forty thousand uh, downloads an episode, so we're thrilled to see the numbers grow. If you haven't left a review for the podcast, I'd love for you to do that. And if you have any questions, if there's something that you would like a question that you would like addressed on the podcast, be sure and email me. You can email me directly at podcast at thebusymom.com, and we will go through those questions and uh, make sure that your question is answered. And if we can't answer it on the podcast, we'll get back to you uh, via email. So I just want to encourage you, walk with the Lord, stand stand strong in the Lord and the power of His strength. Uh, I just had a new, a brand new necklace made. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. And it says, therefore, because we have such a hope, 
we can be very bold. You have been given much. And the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. I just want to encourage you to run out and get Becoming Mom Strong. I actually saw it in Barnes & Noble, and I'll be heading over to a Barnes & Noble in Vancouver today and doing uh, and signing a couple of books on the shelves there. But we're really excited about what God is doing. I also noticed that the book is being carried at Walmart online and over at Amazon. So any place that you guys, and also at Target, any place you guys want to buy books, Head on over there today and get your copy of Becoming Mom Strong. Appreciate your listening. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I'll see you back here on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.